It's John chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse 1. This is what the Bible records, and these are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As we dive into the scriptures together this morning, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you don't need us, but that you want us. We thank you that the gospel has never been dependent upon us, but always dependent upon you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd come, that you'd pour out in this room today that you transform our lives. We give you all glory and we love you. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said. Amen. Uh, much has been made of this passage that we just read over the history books. Uh, and there is much to be said about these words of Jesus. And there are so many beautiful insights we could soak up from what our Savior is saying right here in this moment. Uh, but this morning, I'm going to do my very best uh, to just keep it really simple. I believe that if Jesus is anything, then he must be everything. So the question for us has to be, how do we allow Jesus to be the everything? And in the most simple of ways, that everything becomes our reality when we abide. And abiding is not most enjoyed or most accurately displayed when it is in one moment of our lives or just in one day of the week, but rather when it is a constant state of being. Remain in me. That's what Jesus says. Uh, and he doesn't say, remain in me and then stop and go about your work or go about your parenting or go about your high school life. Uh, remain in me. Get all powered up and charge then into the world and then come back when you need some more gas in the tank. No. Jesus says, abide in me. Remain in me. Stay connected to me in every moment for apart from me you can do nothing nothing now that isn't harsh uh, Jesus isn't being harsh in this moment saying apart from me you can do nothing no he's actually displaying for us the deep intimacy of his love for you and I he is letting us in on the end of what we are all trying to figure out can I do this without him can I do this job without Jesus? Can I preach this sermon without Jesus? Can I raise my kids without him? Can I find purpose, fulfillment, all desires met and have fullness of joy and experience the life that is truly life without him? And Jesus, he's just letting us know with a deep compassionate love and deep desire for us to not keep spinning our tires that the answer to that question is no. No, without Jesus, we can't. 
It'll all amount to nothing without him. Now, maybe for a few minutes and moments, it might be splendid. But in the end, it's fruitless and nothing void of our creator God who deeply wants flourishing for our lives. Who deeply wants us to live into his kingdom in his grand design. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But it's not harsh. It's anything but harsh. Because he doesn't stop there. No, he keeps going and he invites us again. So come and abide in me. I want you with me. Remain in me. Get all of your life from me. Imagine this moment with me. Imagine this. You and I, we're at home in our backyards and we go to a tree and we snap a branch off that tree. Uh, And then we hold the branch next to the tree and we're just holding it there. Uh, And then imagine that you and I, as we hold the branch next to the tree, we're hoping that it bears fruit. We're hoping that it stays alive. And then imagine, as we're holding our branch next to our tree, our neighbor drives by and like rolls down the window and then says to you, what are you doing? And then you and I respond, holding our branch next to our tree, I'm just bearing fruit. Like, I'm just abiding and bearing fruit with my little branch. And then imagine being that branch, like all its little life long just being yelled at. Like that it can't flourish, that it can't bear fruit, and then in the end it dies. And then poor little branch, he's not good for anything, except to be thrown into the fire and be burned. But isn't that us so much of the time? That we can be around him, but not connected to him. That you and I, we hold ourselves at a distance often for who knows why. And then no wonder we can't experience the grace, love, and mercy Jesus desires to give us. The life that is truly life that he wants for us. You see, proximity doesn't get you anything. Intimacy is the heart of Jesus. Abiding in him. Remaining in him. Intimately and deeply connected to him. That's how we were created to live, you know. Back in the garden, in Genesis, we were always meant to abide. All the time. All the time with him, living in him and through him. Not just morning devotions with a great cup of coffee. Not just evening walks with a great glass of wine. Not just Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, but always with him. Remaining in him, getting all of life from the author of it. We are designed to abide from the very start. And Jesus, his invitation to us in this passage in John chapter 15 is just that. Garden-like life becoming our everyday reality. Not just moments all alone with your Bible and lengthy prayer time. I love that. That's my favorite. But that's not only what abiding is. It's part of it, sure. But abiding, remaining in him. It is awareness of his spirit in you. It is being present to his presence in every moment. Abiding is a constant state of being. Like during an eight-hour shift at the grocery store, or the hospital that you work out, or the real estate office, or during an early morning commute or a late-night study session, or during the wake window that your newborn affords you, or the pre-nap, post-nap cycle of your toddler, or during that horrendous pickup line for the parents of Lighthouse Christian School, or during the family dinner, 
or the long road trip to yet another soccer game or another volleyball game or during the overtime shift that you took in hopes to maybe make a few extra bucks for savings or take your family on vacation. Abiding. It is being present to his presence in all of that stuff. Because man, Jesus, oh, he was the best. He is the best at making something that people thought was so spiritual and religious. And Jesus, he would just make it normal. He would say, come follow me. Abide in me. Let the gospel story be your story. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in every way. It's not so spiritual you can't do it. It's so normal. You just have to surrender to his lordship in it. That if Jesus is Lord of your life, Abiding is the only way that life is sustained. Abiding is the sweet sauce of ordinary life. It takes form, it takes the form of anything that you find yourself living within. If that form brings glory to the Father. What are you doing that brings the Father glory? Well done! You are abiding! What are you doing that you know is sin? And that in your life you are living that you are not created to live that way. My friend, that's apart from him. And it leads to nothing. Stop. Abide in me, he says. Because Jesus is better. It really is so much more simple than we claim. Because abiding is what we see on the page of Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Becoming the very pages of our lives. Just rejoicing in his image. Walking with him, working the ground, bearing good fruit and multiplying, all the good stuff. Apart from him, the nothing, that's Genesis 3. We think we can do it on our own, but we can't. We think that there's more without his presence, but there isn't. So like a branch, we break from the tree, and in doing so, we always and only wither. The nothingness that sin produces might look sexy to the eyes. But it ravages the heart every time. That's a tree in the garden, right? Fruit of the trees appealing to the eyes that they took and ate. That's what the scripture says. And all the while, the vine that they were supposed to be abiding in was in their very presence. They took and ate. We strive and live into nothing. That's what we do. That's what humanity does. But what does God do? What does God do every time? He clothes us, covers us in his blood, offers us a way back to the garden and invites us by way of his cross to abide again, to remain in him and he in us, to graft us back into the family of God and never leave. But remembrance of that truth is key, isn't it? That's why we share in communion. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. Abiding? is remembering who Jesus is and who we are in him in every ordinary moment. Remembering his cross for us, the tomb that is empty and the the garden that is wide open for you and I to come back into. Abiding is the constant place of remembering that this is not our home and that paradise is not heaven. Paradise is a person and his name is Jesus. And this Jesus, he only wants flourishing and freedom for our lives. That everything, everything else is not worthy compared to him.
Because nothing but the one true God will ever be enough for the human heart. So you and I, we must stop trying to be Christians and start remaining in Christ Jesus. We must stop doing religious acts and spiritual mantra and thinking we can muster it up to make sure a move of God comes our way. We must stop making abiding only for spiritual people or people who have enough time. And we must wake up and realize that in Christ Jesus, we are God's people. And he is worthy of all of our time. Do we think his presence, his way of life, his leading and guiding, isn't just good, but is what is best for us? Do we believe that Jesus has what is best for our lives? That's why he invites us to abide. That's why he wants us to know his love. Because it's what's best for us. Now no one can convince you. It must be known and experienced. He must be known and experienced. We might be fooled and think we can, but we cannot live off of someone else's abiding in Jesus. It won't sustain you. That you and I can't be given grace, find healing or peace or joy off of the grace, healing, peace, and joy that someone else has experienced. The source must be from Jesus. There is no hand-me-down spiritual life. There is no second-hand smoke from the Spirit. we got to breathe them in. You have to abide. Living off the coattails of someone else won't get you very far. We must come to the feet of Jesus ourselves. And yes, at our right and our left, we will find others at the cross too. But we can't be behind them. We can't be in front of them. It's individual heart transformation lived out in community together. That's following Jesus. That's abiding. Do we want this? Do we actually want this? Jesus, all that he is. We're going to spend our next few moments together this morning declaring that we do. We're going to have an extended time of worship and we're going to receive communion and we are going to give open space and make room for Jesus to have his way. You and I together, we are going to practice abiding this morning. We are going to tune all of our attention on worshiping Jesus. He's faithful and he's worthy of it all. We're going to give him our full attention. Remember his cross for us. His body broken, his blood shed. The cross that's made way to home again to his real presence. And bank it all on his love for us. His spirit in us and his goodness covering us. With full attention on Jesus, we are going to respond to this passage. Declare to together that we do not want to be apart from him living in nothing. We want Jesus. But not just in here, but out there. Sunday to Saturday, 24-7, 365, in every moment. Abiding. Oh, man. Could you imagine how it would change the way we live our lives? Abiding. Undone by the gospel in all of our hours. Abiding. Worshiping. Worshiping with our whole lives. Giving space. Making room. Responding to the Spirit. What might it look like for you this morning to respond to this passage? What could it look like for you this morning to respond to this invitation from Jesus? 
Could it simply look like letting God love you? Just letting Jesus love you. Like stopping and just letting him love you. Could responding to this invitation from Jesus this morning look like repentance for you? Turning from just thinking about abiding and into the practice of actually embodying it. Repenting, turning from the nothing, from whatever that might be for you, obsession with wealth or fear of failure or not being obsessed or lies from the enemy that keep you from believing into your belovedness. Repenting and turning from the cycle of saying, man, I really want this life that Jesus is offering, but then just never doing anything about it. What if today you turned away from that pattern? And you turned into the person of love, Jesus. Or maybe this morning you could respond to this passage and invitation from Jesus by way of confession of sin. We can't abide in the dark for Christ Jesus in the light. Maybe you want to respond to the passage by way of confession. God, I've been living for myself and not you. Help me. Forgive me for grieving your spirit and breaking your heart. I want in on this life that is truly life. Or maybe this morning it's just adoration. Just worshiping Jesus with deep love in your heart. Not because of anything that he's done for you, but because of who he is. Or maybe something else. Maybe a simple way to respond to this passage or invitation from Jesus is just simply asking him, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you reveal your gospel to me? And then just allowing him, however he wants to, to speak to you. It's not a formula. It's freedom. And as we draw into his real presence and acknowledge him as the real risen Lord, it's not spiritual. It's reality. It's abiding. It's normal life lived with Christ Jesus as the risen Lord. Are you with me? Oh man, I hope so. We're going to respond together and we're going to spend the rest of our time together responding to this invitation from Jesus. And as I mentioned, one of the ways we're going to do that is by communion. Everyone is invited to partake in communion, no matter your story. Communion is just a divine invitation to remember the cross and whose you are now because of it. A beloved son or daughter of the Most High God. And as Sylvia beautifully read for us in Luke 22, the Bible says Jesus took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. That you and I, we don't come to the communion table with sorrowful hearts. We come with joy. Oh, because this Jesus, he loves us and he invites us. It is in communion that abiding starts. And it is with his body and his blood that we are sustained and abiding is sustained. In Jesus. We'll have two spots in the back where you can receive communion and two spots up here where you can receive communion. You can receive at any time during our worship together. If you're helping serve communion, if you could make your way there right now, that would be awesome.
Uh, and just a fun side note, all of the bread is gluten-free. So don't got to worry. No excuse to not partake. How good is that? He invites you. But man, this morning as a church family, as a community together of imperfect people, would we receive the gift of his grace and his love? And would we respond in our own ways? Letting him love us. Repenting and turning into the arms of love. Confessing our sin. Adoration. Or simply just asking, Jesus, what do you want to know? What do you want me to know? His invitation to us is to abide. Oh man, would we respond to this beautiful invitation together. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray and let's worship together this morning as a community. Lord God, we love you. Oh, we thank you for the amazing gift this morning. To receive your word. To receive the invitation from you to abide. We ask that right here and right now, that where there needs to be healing, that people would experience healing. That where there's church wounds, that those wounds would be healed. That where there needs to be reconciliation or forgiveness known, that reconciliation and forgiveness would be known. That where love needs to be known, oh, that Lord Jesus, love would be known. That Holy Spirit, you would move and work in our time together right now as a community. That we would not desire anything else other than your real and true presence. That we would remain in you. That you would do something so significant in us this morning. That our lives would change forever. That as we come and receive your body, as we come and receive your blood shed for us. That we would deeply be reminded of the truth of the gospel. That there was joy set before you as you endured that cross. And that joy is us. That if we won't cry out and worship to you, all of creation will. Lord God, it is our joy to worship you today. Teach us to abide in you. Draw us into your heart. We don't want to be hyped up. We just want your spirit. So Lord Jesus, would you continue to do whatever you want to do this morning. We give you our full attention here and now. We love you. And it's in your mighty name, Lord Jesus, all the beloved say, amen.